0: You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to www.redwoodbaptist.org. We hope and pray the message that you're about to listen to will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. And It's good singing, and it's a wonderful name, isn't it? I think sometimes we get used to it. We get used to the name of Jesus, we get uh, used to what we've just always heard, what we've always done. We've come to church week after week, month after month, and we worship together, we open up the Word, and sometimes we, we engage, sometimes we don't. I'm praying today that today would be a day of engagement. That it would be a day of giving God a voice uh, with, uh, with what has gone on in our, in, in our country over at least the last uh, several weeks, much of what's gone on in the news. I'm going to do something I've actually ever, never really done, and uh, that is I'm going to preach a message on the sanctity of life. And uh, I've said over the last many weeks on Wednesday nights, and I'll say, you know, we stand on the sanctity of life, and yet we just kind of pass off that. And so my, my desire over the next several moments is to simply give God a voice. I'm not going to go into science. I'm not talking about anyone's rights. I'm not even not going there at all this morning. I'm not going to get into the special cases or any, any, anything like that. What I simply want to do is I want to give the gospel's answer for the sanctity of life. Can we, one more time, bow our heads, and I want to pray and ask God to just really use this time. Father, we come before you, and God, I submit, Lord, my my study, Lord, throughout this week of your word and trying to understand, Lord, your, your perspective, your voice, what you would want to say to us, um, and uh, God, I, Lord, I think of just, just recently of, of the company of just Planned Parenthood coming out with a statement saying that that this isn't a faith-based topic. And yet, God, I so desire to punch holes in that this morning and, God, to just let Your Word and let Your voice shine forth. Lord, I pray that, God, there would be a spirit of grace that is in this room this morning. God, I pray that there would be a spirit of forgiveness that is sweeping, Lord, across the uh, the, the walls of this place. Uh, Lord, that where, any, where anybody is at on this, that God, we would uh, that, that we would hear your voice. Lord, I pray that you'd empower me. God, I pray that you would speak through me, that Lord, I would say only that which you would want me to say. And Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're going to have a healthy baby boy. Uh, those are the words that every expectant couple whether it's a boy or girl that they that they so desperately uh, desire to hear but what happens when a couple gets the most stomach churning news imaginable news that there is a medical issue with the tiny little one growing in the mother's womb parents begin to start to ask themselves questions will my baby be okay Will our little boy's life be okay? What what will it be like? How will this boy's health affect our lives? Will it be truly worth the struggle? There's some friends of our our family that had some questions racing through their minds in the last couple years. They were about to bring a tiny little boy into the world that was going to be born Without a full functioning heart, and the doctors gave them zero hope of survival. And in the face of all of those fears, the uh, the, the parents told the uh, that they were told that the little boy would be helpless, and would be entirely dependent upon their care, for the duration of his life, if there was even a life. The news was grim as the doctors painted a picture of toil and of frustration in the life of this boy. The fear and worry began to flood their hearts. But all of the bad news, Uh, the parents were resting in God's care in their Savior, in His good news. And the good news, or the gospel news, is, is that God loved this little boy. The good news that God fearfully and wonderfully made this little boy. That God had a plan for this little boy. And they rested in the fact that they that God was good and they shoved those fears and they shoved those doubts aside and they embraced the little boy that God had given them. Can I say this morning very boldly that the gospel speaks into parenthood clearly. Uh, the, the, the realities of the gospel are, are so beautiful on so many different levels But I want to show you one specific verse to kind of springboard off of in this message from the book of Romans. And it says in Romans 5, verse number 6, it says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ Christ died for us when you and I were spiritually helpless. He took those who are helpless and those who are broken, and He redeems us see all of us are this description here all of us are broken all of us are in great spiritual need and not only does jesus uh does he rescue the spiritually helpless but he physically but also the physical helplessness as well while the gospel reveals a savior who lays down his life for those who ran from him first peter tells you that those that were uh, prior to us trusting Christ as our Savior, we were like the ones on the outside of the ark beating in, let me in, let me in. As we were running from God, the Gospel tells us that Jesus, that that He ran to us, He lays down His life for us. While abortion reveals human, extinguishing a life, we were meant to love and protect. And as the pages of Scripture, as you turn through them, it is clear that abortion and the Gospel actually don't go together. Now I'm going to ask you, wherever you're at in this room, on the topic, I'm going to ask you to hear me out. I'm not going to argue necessarily from a scientific method or uh, which right is higher, none of that. Simply what what, what, what my desire for me this morning is this. To give God a voice. There's all different kinds of voices that are out there, and uh, the the main player in this and saying that God doesn't have a voice, that this isn't a faith based in any way decision. I want to say that God does have a voice, and do not get angry this morning. Just allow allow the word, allow allow. We're gonna go verses all over this morning. They're gonna all be up on the all be up on the screen, and we're gonna see what God's voice is. Here's what abortion says. Abortion says that unborn babies have value only as expendable commodities. That's what it says. Abortion says that each baby is only a clump of tissue devoid of any purpose of life. Each of these I'm going to have scriptural backing to to, to go against them. Thirdly, abortion is there is not a place for you in my plan right now it's just not the right time i can't and abortion says the disability limits a chance at any manner of quality of life those are those are the arguments but the gospel says that we have tremendous value as god's image bearers and we'll look at all of these verses the gospel says that each one of us is fearfully and we are wonderfully made the gospel says that we have lovingly received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry abba father or where we cry daddy daddy god's, the gospel says that god's glory and grace shine in and especially in those with physical limitations and weaknesses so can I, that was kind of the overview. Now let me dive in on these. And so when you, when you hear that the abortion says that unborn babies have only value in, um, in, in, as expendable commodities, let me answer that number one. We have tremendous value as God's image bearers. We have tremendous value as God's image bearers. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Created in in God's image and we have dominion on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image and the image of God created him, he, him. Male and female created he them. And so this sets, listen to me, this sets humanity apart from the rest of creation. In the process of creation and creating man, God filled man with several of His own attributes. We would call these His communable attributes. Those that can, of God that can be passed down to us. Not all of them can. His, his perfect holiness and perfection and omniscience, knowing everything, and all those things didn't get passed down. But many of those attributes were passed down to us. Things like personhood. Things like the ability to have relationships one with another. Like God, we all have the capacity to love. We have the capacity to hate. We have the capacity to understand and to think and to act and to choose and to feel. The point is is that God initiates conception and after God does that, we're not just the product of some biological sequence or a collection of cells. We're not simply of some uh, lump of expanding human tissue. Our skin, our bones, our muscles, they do not make up the sum of our existence. They're merely the vessel that contains the image of God. Everything that we need for thinking, everything that we need for for acting and feeling and knowing and trusting and hoping, everything that's fundamental to being a person is there, present in the womb. And the end result of this being an image bearer of God is that each person has an innate value in creation. That is God, that's why God's word early on in, in, in the New Te- in Old Testament condemned murderers and the advocate to uh, the strictest type of punishment for their crime. Uh, early on in the Bible, capital punishment was the, the key facet of God's law, going all the way back to his covenant with Noah. We see in Genesis 9, verse 6 Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. Here's what I got to say thank God we live in the New Testament. Thank God we live under a new covenant where Christ has come and He has provided forgiveness for all sins. But human life is sacred because it was created by God. And not only was it created by God, but it was created by God and mankind in His own image. We're image bearers. Let me address, secondly, So the abortion says that it's only just a clump of tissue devoid of any purpose. But the gospel says each one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, at at my soul knoweth right well. To begin with, God's word is clear that conception, that it's never an accident. God personally uh, creates uh, every single life. In Psalm one twenty-seven, verse three, it says, "Lo, listen to this verse. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. So we're all fearfully and we're all wonderfully made, and every every child that is in that womb, it is it is a heritage of the Lord. It is a it is a fruit of God's Uh, god's goodness to us over and over again through scripture god would um exert sovereign control over men and women's ability to have children if you were to go back all the way uh, into the book of genesis you would read about a man and woman by the name of abraham and sarah and uh, they were they were up in years okay i don't want to call them old okay but they were up in years all right sarah was up in years Abraham was hundred years old. We got some that are in their 90s, so we're still we're still young spring chickens. Amen. Al, we love you, buddy. Okay. So, um, but you don't have children at that age, and so uh, God had promised Abraham, hey, I want you to look out at, at at all the stars. That's gonna be like your that's gonna be like your seed. All of the nations are gonna come from you. And he's like, eh, okay, year after year after year. Decade after decade after decade, Sarah wasn't all that young anymore. Okay, and God says, "No, no, no, we're going to give you a child." Sarah laughs. If you've ever read the stories in Genesis, Abraham intervened, right? Said, "No, we're not going to really have a child." So see this handmaid over here. Here, Abraham or Sarah said, and then Ishmael was born, but that's not the promised child that God decided to give him. God said, no, you're going to have a, you're going to have a son. You're going, to, you're going to call him Isaac. At 100 years old, he became a dad. And you can go all through the New Testament wombs, the Old Testament, New Testament wombs that were completely barren. And God, in sovereign control, said, no, you're going to have a child. We're fearfully, wonderfully made, and we're done so because it's the heritage of the Lord. In the midst of Paul's powerful sermon in Athens, to all of the philosophers, to all of the rule makers of the day, to all of the, to all of the thinkers of the day, to all of the, well, oh, hey, this is why it's a good reason. No, this is why it's a bad reason. To the philosophers of the day, the apostle proclaims God's creative power and control. He says in Acts 17, in this message in Athens, God that made the world and all the things therein, hold on to the message, creation, okay? Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth delivereth not in temples made with ha- dwell excuse me not in temples made with hands so god created everything and that in god continues to be a creator to this very day he creates in the womb nothing including man has come into the world apart from his creative power john tells us in john 1 all things were made by him and without him nothing anything made that was made so without him so he created everything and he's the reason and so he's preaching there in athens and he's telling them that hey god created everything and he goes on to say in verse 25 neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything seeing he give it to all life and breath and all things and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell in all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after Him and find Him, that He is not far from every one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our, what's the word? Being. As certain also when your own poets have said we were all His offspring. So you and I were fearfully, and we're wonderfully made. We're just a clump of tissue, devoid of any kind of purpose. We're fearfully and we're wonderfully made. Also, there's the argument that there's no place for you in my life right now. But the Gospel says, number three, we have lovingly received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Romans eight fifteen. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba Father, Daddy. You know the word the, the Bible tells us in other places that God is a God to the fatherless, to them that are without, you know, without even a dad. He's he's a father to them. God cares. God cares immensely. It's important to him let me just for the sake of time let me move on here number four God's glory and grace shine in and especially in those who physically with with physical limitations or weaknesses the world says ah this it's no good just came out this week in Virginia a governor says that now we will what we're proposing is is that we will allow the birth to take place we will keep the baby alive while we allow the parents to determine if they want it or not i'm thankful that god wants us amen thankful well it's got some deformities now we don't want it No, it doesn't it's, listen that's, that's that's where we're headed but i'm trying to teach us from scripture that it's literally at the conception it's literally god's image bearing out right then at that moment 2 corinthians 12:9 and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will i rather glory in my infirmities that the power of christ may rest upon me god is attracted to weaknesses god is attracted to to to, 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 the, to the oddities, maybe that we would uh, say that are of no good. There are no biological accidents. That includes deformities and it also includes disabilities. In Exodus chapter 4, the Lord is speaking to Moses and it says, And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Now listen, that is key because if you understand what God said was, God told Moses, I want to use you to bring all of my people out of Egypt. They were under the bondage of Pharaoh and they'd been there for hundreds of years, and to say it's now time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bleed you. I'm going to use you to lead the people out of Egypt. And Moses' response was, I, 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 that's not exactly what he said, but that's basically what he was saying. I can't, I stutter, and I'm not trying to make fun of anyone that's stuttering. That's what he would have said. He's like, hey, I can't speak. I'm not a, I'm not a good communicator. And so the Lord says to him, who has made man's mouth? Listen, this, this is how I created you, Moses. And who hath made the dumb, or the deaf, or seen, or blind? Have not I the Lord? That's a rhetorical question. He's saying, that's how I created There's no, there's no deformity the way, we, the, the way that we defined it. Every aspect of our being, even those that we might consider a flaw or a defect, has been ordained by the Lord according to His purpose. Every creation is an act of God. Throughout Scripture, we see that God has made special provisions for the weak and for the poor and for the helpless. Over and over again with His people, He would call them to look after those that, were, that, that had some of these um, problems. It says in Psalm 82, speaking to His people, defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. Is there anyone more weak? More helpless? Or more defenseless than an unborn child? No. And you and I were to fight for them. Abortion is an assault on the image, the character, and the grace, and the Gospel, and the glory of God. For the Christian to see that anything less than that is to literally reject The biblical view of of God's gospel, of of his voice, and of his glory. John chapter 9 shows us how even God himself, in the form of of Jesus Christ, the person of Christ, how he viewed human life. As he walked along with his disciples in verse number 1 of John 9, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, I mean, this is really human of us. I'm not bashing on him. Master, who sinned? Did this man sin or his parents that he was born blind? Verse 3, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. There's no one in this world with a deformity, guys. It's you and I just have a wrong perception of what right is. Who sinned, Jesus? (laughs) Clearly, I mean, something that... No, no no one sinned. This is an image bearer of my Father. And by the way, He's going to get glorified through this. While the disciples saw the man's blindness... As a direct result of sin, Jesus saw him as a vessel of God's grace, a vessel of God's glory. Every life is is uniquely formed by God to be powerfully rescued and redeemed in Christ for the glory of the Father. Every child in the womb is a masterpiece shaped by the master craftsman. So let me end here this morning by sharing some good news with you. God's redeeming grace is available and is able to overrule any types of sins. The Lord can use even the most heinous acts of sin to display and dispense His grace. I want you to, I want you to take the, heinous, the most heinous sin of all. Jesus' crucifixion. And I want you to see how even in something like that, the beauty and the grace and the glory of God is of a supreme example. Judah, Judas, excuse me, Pilate, all of the Romans, all of the Jews who conspired against Jesus were guilty of murdering the only person that's ever walked this earth who was innocent. Innocent of every sin, was tempted like as we are, and the author of Hebrews says, yet without sin. And so these, these men, these, these groups of people had. The perfect Messiah, the most innocent person in history, slain. But the Lord worked through those sins to accomplish His will and to manifest His grace. The same. Don't hear me out. The same is true with abortion. Oh, it's a it's a horrific tragedy. But God's redeeming grace is still available to all who participate without exception. I'm convinced that God redeems infants that die. That His grace reaches out and takes those little ones to be with Him. And there's a couple important uh, uh, verses here that, that I want you to see. David said in Psalm 22, But Thou art He, speaking of God, that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope When I was upon my mother's breast, verse 10, I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Listen to me, church. This is a faith-based decision. You and I, we need to listen to what God says, God's voice. Are are, Are there nuances to the things? Yes, that's not what I'm doing. Let's just hear God's voice this morning. David is saying, "You knew me in the womb." And in another passage, he said, "I was shaping in iniquity," literally in the womb. He's a sinner. I, I, I was shaping in iniquity. David was convinced that he belonged to God, and even when he was still inside his mother's womb, he was saying, "Hey, I belong. I, I belong to God. He cares. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an image bearer," and the confidence that he had is the reason that he could. React the way he did to the death of his newborn son. When he sinned with Bathsheba, God told him, your son's going to die. And his little baby died. And it says in 2 Samuel 12, verse 23, But now he is dead, wherefore should I fast? Here's what he's saying. He said, why should I pray? Why should should I seek the Lord? He's dead. There's nothing I can do. But here's what he says. I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Already in heaven. I believe that the Word of God teaches that every one of the babies that are killed, they go straight to heaven. And so in the depths of the depths of that tragedy comes grace. Out of the depths of what would seem as the ashes of depravity rises the beauty, glorious grace of God's loving, caring nature. That you and I, when we know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we can say, Daddy daddy in addition there's forgiveness for mothers who've had an abortion while they may face daily reminders of that guilt they can be washed of its guilt they can be spared of its punishment through the atoning work of jesus christ rest in him this morning that there is always forgiveness in christ likewise the doctors who are responsible for taking these precious lives can be rescued the baby boy with the defective heart is my little buddy Shepherd Raymundo. Can you show the picture of little Shepherd here? The Raimundos they live they live down in Fresno and they were up here at Stanford for many, many, many months. The doctor said, Your boy's not gonna be born. He's going to die. And if by chance he is born, he's going to have to have so many surgeries and the type of surgery that we're going to need to do, they don't survive. And my friend Greg said, Can I pray? We've got faith. And the doctors were sem- saying something to the effect of Yeah, sure, whatever whatever works for you, but in my line of work, this is not going to be successful. And they determined that they were going to love that child no matter what, and they allowed us to love on them as a church and, and to bless them while they were up here out of, st- I, 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 out of their city. Well, this past Christmas season, myself and some of the worship team, we were able to go down and uh, be a blessing at their at, at their Christmas party. Man, this little guy was running all around. Oh, he's got a tough road still ahead. I mean, he's so full of life right now. He's just beaming, just ah, oh, just love touching the little kid's head. And, and, and it's amazing that this, this amazing couple, yes, they've got challenges ahead, but the remundos have faith in a big God. That God, that God can do anything. Listen, this young man could literally pass away today. Greg told me literally on Friday, he is on loan. From the Father. And you know what the Holy Spirit of God said? So are your kids. I was like, I didn't even, you didn't even think about it. Because I've been blessed with the two healthy children. Danielle's here and Blake's running around somewhere. I don't know where he's at, down in the nursery. Probably wreaking havoc. Love the kid. But my beautiful daughter, Danielle, here's 13. I'm not okay with that. Sorry to embarrass you, honey. And they're healthy and sometimes you just think, oh, everything. It's good. No, no, no. They're on loan from the Father. Everyone's beautifully and wonderfully made. That baby even in a womb is on loan from the Father. And some, you you miscarriage. All of these things, listen, God is good. And God, you know what God's done? God has crushed the professional opinions. And sometimes they do pass away. Sometimes they're born. Sometimes they're stillbirths. Sometimes there's all of that. But listen, God in His care and God in His grace and God in His goodness, I believe every one of those children, whoop, straight to heaven. And we'll see Him again. Human life is the physical handiwork of God created in God's image to glorify Himself. Every man or woman that is formed in the hands of the the faithful Father has value, has purpose, and grace. Never determine the value. Never determine the quality or the sanctity of life on the basis of socioeconomic background, of family structure, of ethnicity, or of any sort of disability. View human life this morning through the lens of the redeeming grace of the Gospel that the work of God might be displayed in every single life. Whether just a few weeks in the womb, to death at birth, to a tragic accident, young in life, to of a full old age like our friend Al. Called you old, sorry, my friend. But the gospel's answer to the sanctity of life is that every child matters. Head bowed, eye closed. Oh, I pray for you this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please.